0: Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio, heard worldwide by millions of listeners with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast, hosted by Nikki Dare, is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare, Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. iDare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence, integrity, diversity, adaptation, Resilience and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Women's advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned DPR change management consultant since her early 20s in transforming companies. And decades later, she is reinventing her purpose. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Again,
1: everyone, Leadership 365 with the exclusive President Day edition, part two, where today's episode, we're diving deep into the heart of leadership and emotional intelligence, where we left off last time, getting ready to explore how blending emotions with intelligence creates leaders who not only inspire but also transform. The journey promises to be enlightening and I'll be sure that I also share my three cents, my thoughts and my shared experiences here filled with insights that will empower you, I hope, to lead more effectively and uh, we're all in this together. We're all sharing knowledge and experiences together and connect more deeply. So let's get started and unlock the potential of emotional wisdom in leadership together. All right. Thank you for joining us and on this exploration of leadership and emotional intelligence. We hope today's discussion, of course, this is a lot to talk about and it's been really, really, really uh, enjoyable to be able to share all of my thoughts and experiences with you guys. And thank you so much for tuning in and for reading on these things, this podcast. I know that I share it in the form of writing also in my newsletter, Leadership 365 Newsletter on LinkedIn to be specific, Um, Have sparked a new perspective on how to navigate your leadership path with heart and wisdom, leading with heart. Remember the journey to becoming a more emotionally intelligent leader is really continuous. That was a good one. So, moving on in the landscape of leadership, uh, the evolution from simply experiencing emotion to harnessing them as a form of wisdom is really both profound and such a transformation, you know, uh, for us, all, you know, leaders, from feelings to wisdom, basically, right? From feelings, from being all of this uh, intact with our emotion to having that wisdom and learning it through and gaining wisdom. The journey of from being emotional to mastering emotional intelligence in our leadership role. Exploring into this pivotal transition, offering the insights into how leaders can navigate their emotional depths to emerge with a powerful tool set. Uh, of EI, emotional intelligence. So I think foremost important is to look at ourselves, our inner self. So we reflect, you know, self-introspection basically to understanding our own emotional self. So leadership starts with getting to know our emotional sides. It's about seeing our feelings as guides rather than obstacles. Leading us to understand ourselves, you know, and so we can be able to connect better with our teams and others around us. And this this journey begins with my favorite words: towards self awareness, situational awareness, self awareness. Right, recognizing those emotions that motivate us and seeing how they affect our actions and our choices in making those decisions. Acknowledging the, raw, acknowledging the raw emotions that drives us and understanding their impact on our behavior and also our decisions. The power and strength of EI. Emotional intelligence lights the way from this simple emotion to thoughtful leadership. Lighting our path from, from our raw emotion to strategic leadership. And it is built on four main skills, as I said, right? Um, but these are like knowing your emotions, managing them, understanding other feelings, and managing relationships with ourselves and others, basically, right? Uh, that that that's your self-awareness and recognizing the the emotion that motivate us and seeing how that affect our action and choices. So, mastering. EI means that you're not just aware of your and others' emotions but also use these emotions to achieve positive results. So it's about turning an emotional whirlwind into a force for good. So the self-awareness, it all of this, you know, it involves four key pillars: self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. Mastering EI means you're not just aware of your emotion for the other people, right? But you can also manage and channel this emotion towards a positive outcome, positive results. It's about turning, you know, that, like I said earlier, emotional whirlwind into a force of good. It's it's about turning what feels like an internal storm (laughs) into a source of strength and guidance and be resilient and be always resilient in whatever it is, right? I know it's, it's, it's harder to, it's easier for me to say than, than really uh, when you're facing it, you know, um, head on. All right, moving on, applying all of this in leadership, applying your emotional intelligence in leadership. I know I know you guys have heard this and probably taken some courses, taken some workshop uh, before in in learning and understanding this, this emotional intelligence thing, but I, I just want to just sort of uh, briefly, um, you know, perhaps just reminders and things like that. Uh, not going into too much details. But application of EI in leadership is where feelings transform into wisdom. It's where leaders use their emotional awareness to inspire and motivate their teams. And uh, I keep saying there, and I don't want to include myself today, to also in this, like our teams, my teams, right? Resolving conflicts with empathy and building that culture of trust and culture of respect. Leaders with a high EI are adept adapt at reading the room, feeling that temperature, right? Adapting their communication and leadership style to meet their needs of their team. I, I, I do the same way and navigating through challenges with grace and resilience. I do the same way when I walk into a room, I I wanna be, yeah, I'm a leader, and then I wanna talk the last. I always do, I choose that. Um, Very, very, very great example. And if you're listening and you were in our International Association Women Leadership um, Organization, where I was a president for almost 10 years, a decade, uh, you all <laughs> would agree with me, yeah, Nikki would come into the meetings and she would you know open the meetings and you know the the board will 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 call for a meeting and the agendas and you know the minutes and taking minutes and all that, and she would be the last to to speak um and then that's really really what I do, right you, you gotta have to listen, you have to listen to everybody what they have to say. Uh, but able to lead, obviously, right? Effectively. And I think I think that's one of the biggest takeaway being a president in that organization that I uh, that I learned quite a bit um, where, you know, at the end, um, you know, I, I remember some of a couple of um, very stood out uh, experiences um you know when when one of the new members would come in and say, Nikki, what is it that you do because I really don 't talk about <laughs> anything about myself, and then so my assistant my um, uh, one of the board members and an assistant would, would would say, "This is what she does, blah 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 so and so forth so that just tells you the kind of leadership i i was I was practicing or I was applied to to that organization because I think it's it 's a must, especially when you are Uh, dealing with a lot of dynamics in the room, you got to be able to read the room, feel the temperature, navigate through the challenges with that grace that you have and resilience, because after all, it's not about you. I mean, you know, you're leading um, y- your leadership really has been granted for you by them. And I think you want to create other leaders as well. And I, I, it's always in the back of my head that you are a leader who's here to create other leaders. And I think, I think the goal is always been that way for me individually as a leader. So the impact of emotionally intelligent leadership, I want to, I want to kind of like make a statement on this. Emotionally intelligent leadership doesn't change how we lead. It transforms the very, very fabric, the very detail of our organizations. It leads to a higher employment uh, engagement, employee engagement, uh, a stronger team cohesion, and a more agile and and resilient organization. I think those are our goals. The aims is is what I just shared with you. When leaders operate with emotional wisdom, We create environments where innovation flourishes naturally. Challenges are met with collaborative problem solving. And every team members feel very acknowledged and valued and understood. And that's important in any environment. Um, And parallel with your personal life too. So the next... Um, point that I want to make is embarking on your journey. The journey from being emotional to mastering this emotional intelligence is both challenging and rewarding. We all know that. We've been there, done that, right? It requires this continuous self-reflection. Pull yourself out of the situation or out of the circumstances and challenges and then look at yourself because I've been doing that, by the way, in the last couple of weeks. Um, There was a, a little situation, so I just pulled myself back and do a continuous self-reflections and then you open to feedback, right? And commitment to personal growth. And I've been writing uh, also for me, you know, my mentor was, was also guiding me in this. And I write down the things, the areas of myself in a, in a you know, in, in different, different areas, but stay focused on it, of course. What needs to be improved, basically, I think when you stay humble and then um also working on this integrity, right, core values, right, with core values obviously, uh and humility, you're going to propel forward more than you know. Because to me when you open to humility as a leader to yourself, you know, I I'm 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 talking about ego here, guys. You know, remove that ego, park it somewhere else, right? Because it's not needed because you're not going to grow as a leader. So when you're embarking on this journey, I think ego park whales. In fact, don't, in, don't validate the parking. <laughs> no, just park it somewhere else. And open up to humility of yourself. And you, you need to work on this yourself. You need to work. It starts with you. you know, It's going to transpire. And then your, your, your team members and other around you that you work with, that you work together with you, your clients, your, your, your staff, your team members, your employees, your subordinates will see that radiance, um, um, the, the, the light, I mean, All right? And it's effective and it's a deeper connection with others once when you reach into your own connection yourself which is yourself your own relationship with yourself I think it's very important uh, not too many people talk about this because people always talk about the uh, you know how to how to how to give how to give how to just know lead within your heart within yourself first and it, it till you understand yourself like they say save yourself before you can save others well save yourself in this scenario right but I think I think it's mastering uh, the journey from being emotional and to mastering this emotional intelligence is really start with you. That's what I'm trying to say. So do continue self-reflection. Um, always open to feedback. Always open to that, you know, um, a- a- anything that has, you know, anybody wants to say, um, you know, talk to your mentor, be open about it and a commitment to your own personal growth. That's what I'm talking about. The impact of all of these things that if you enhance the rewards, enhanced leadership effectiveness, and then deeper connections, not just only for yourself, but also for others around you. And then leave that lasting impact on your organizations are immeasurable. Okay. I'm speaking out of experience, by the way. (laughs) So some of the call to action that I want to share with you, just embrace your emotions. They are your strength, not your weakness. Again, I'm going to repeat that. So The uh, somebody was saying that you know your emotion or your weakness. No, your emotion is, is, is really your strength, not your weakness. Invest in developing that emotional intelligence through learning, practice, and reflection. Again, invest in developing your emotional intelligence through learning, practice, and reflection. Lead with empathy, lead with your understanding and wisdom, and watch as your leadership transforms not only your own path but the path to those that you guide, that you lead. And this journey from feelings to wisdom is not just becoming a better leader, right? But it's about becoming more connected, resilient, and effective human being. And that's exactly what my point was earlier. This is not just becoming a better leader who motivates, who inspires, you know, lead with empathy and heart and guidance and experience and all that is about becoming a more connected you, a more connected, res- a more uh, resilient you, a more connected you, a more effective you, overall human being, basically. So I hope that, you know, this has been really useful for, for you because it has been for me. And that's what I've been learning and learning every single day is continuous improvement myself. So... As you already know me, in my podcast, my episodes, I always bring examples. So the example to illustrate the journey from being emotional to mastering emotional inte- intelligence in the leadership, I, I want to give a few of these examples, recognizing emotional triggers, because this has happened to me as a leader. And I've seen this in other people too uh, in my team working environment. So um, recognizing emotional triggers before the emotional in- intelligence, right? Let's just say John uh, or Mark, let's just Mark, a team leader, notices his frustration levels rise whenever project deadlines approach. You know, you know one of those, right? Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, like fire in the house and housing, houses on the fire and whatever, right? So the first example that I want to share with you guys is recognizing emotional triggers. And this, this is coming from my experience and just observing and also my, my emotional triggers as a leader. And um, also seeing it um, in a team environment, right? So before emotional intelligence, uh, let's just pick a, a name, John. That's easy, John, a team leader. Notices his frustration levels went up whenever project deadlines you know come closer approaching so often resulting him in in this snappy mood you know like snapping at his team or just being being not A good, being confrontational, being just in a bad mood, being crabby, (laughs) basically. So this kind of reaction would create tension and reducing this team's productivity and, of course, decreasing the morale around him in, in the team environment, right? So after the emotional intelligence, John, he would take time to recognize his own emotional triggers and he would start working on strategies to manage his stress. Do you see that? When you look into yourself, self-introspection, you're self-aware, I should say that, self-aware. So instead of reacting with frustration, so John now scheduled the preemptive team check-ins before deadline. Not so much of a lot of like busy, busy admin paperwork kind of thing, God, I, I, I can't stand that, by the way, <laughs> make it simple, just, you know, productive, efficient, effective, uh, before deadline, you know, to assess the progress and address any concern, you know, where everybody can be, can be uh, participating. So this change, basically, bottom line, leads to a more supportive environment, and improving team performance and improving team morale. I hope that brings uh, a light. I know that I say this very fast and then um, a lot of you probably say, like, oh my gosh, that, that, that resonate with me because it has, it has happened to me or it has happened to me. It's happening still right now, currently. So hopefully you can take note and then work on it and then just be more, um, uh, more empathetic about this, you know, right? Um, and just work on it just get shit done, basically, right? (laughs) That's my my mantra there. The second example that I want to share is responding to team conflicts. And then this happens all the time, right? The dynamics and everything like that. Um, All right. So before the EI, the emotional intelligence, let's just pick a a girl this time, Sarah. She's a project manager. Uh, She often found herself in the middle of team conflicts. She often more than many. Initially, she would choose sides, based on her personal biases. Don't you hate that? Which only escalated the dispute. So she chooses sides. She's taking favoritism, right? She always does this, like, I I like this person better, and then this and this, but it only, you know, based on her personal biases, basically. And then this only um, escalate to more disputes, right? So after EI, let's just cut it to after EI, the emotional intelligence. She learns to approach conflicts with empathy. Watch the word. Neutrality, being neutral. Don't take sides. Don't do favoritism. She listens, listens to all sides without judgment, and also facilitates open discussions to find common ground. You know, when you listen, start listening, or you take immediate with your emotion, of course. Take, take oh yeah, because she works all the hard work, blah, 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 blah. Well, what about the other people that had, had done their, their also share of work? And then you just cut them off then, and then just kind of look at that person. That's, that's called judgmental. That's taking sides. Uh, all the other people have contributed to the team working. Also, just because you spotlight this person doesn't 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 cut the the cheese, right? <laughs> um, so, listen to all the sides, recognize all the sides, and then take acknowledgement to all the sides that had done all of the work to contribute to a common goal to achieving to the common goal, right? Without the judgment and facilitates open discussion to find common gr- ground. So her approach transformed a conflict resolution into an opportunity for team building, enhancing collaboration and trust among team members. And I hope whoever that's listening to this, who's, who's confronting or who has some current circumstances would diligently look at herself and start working on this. Without the ego, park the ego somewhere else because ego distracts. We not we not cut the cheese. We ego would not we not make all of this work. So I just wish that if you're listening to this, please apply the approach. Listen to all sides without judgment. Stop bullying. Don't bully. Don't do verbal abuse. Facilitate with open discussion to find that common ground. And it will transform conflict resolution to opportunity for everybody, for team building, and also improving the collaboration spirits, collaboration, the trust among every one of us. All right. Next example is leading through organizational change. Okay. Leading through this organizational change before emotional uh, intelligence. During this major organizational restructuring, um, I happened to consult uh, back in my early twenties, quite a bit of organizations um, restructuring. Back then, we call it BPR, business process reengineering. And I went into dissecting many different. Uh, first of all, many uh, different cultures, and different different way of life, and just different way of thinking, different business practices as well. Um, and the dynamic is very thick, right? Um, from from just uh what do you call this lateral right from from vertical <laughs> from top to bottom bottom to top and everything like this um it, it's very important that we we do this rather caref- carefully because you know it's, it's it's we we need to be very um I found this is where the empathy uh, word was was born because if you are not giving that neutrality and then empathy, and then just single people out, it's not going to happen. Especially during organizational restructuring. But let me let me just go ahead and then give you the example. Alex, for example, a department head, communicated the changes in straightforward, fact based man- manner. So. It's like, OK, we're going through restructuring, look at the, the vision board, look at the whiteboard. This is what's going to happen, right? This left many team members feeling anxious and unsupported, leading rumors and drop-in morale. How many of you have gone through this, right? I mean, some people will not come to the office the next days because they said, "Oh, it's going to be my head chop chop after this, right? Um, people are being just, just fear. And that's shared sphere, and you cannot present the communication this way, right? you got to have to wear that hat uh, with, um, you know, empathy, and then also meaning that, you know, lead with this emotional intelligence uh, with with communication that is transparent where everybody's involved, you know, maintaining all of this morale. I'm going to show you this. After the emotional intelligence in a similar situation, the same guy, Alex, decides to lead with emotional intelligence. Let's see how it works. He openly acknowledges the team's feelings of uncertainty. You know, it's like, oh, no, you know, we're going to sink in here, this organization. So a lot of people are in fear when they come to the office. They are in the office. It's going to be me next in the pink slip. When I go to the office tomorrow, I mean, people are not going to go to work. And then it's just increasing morale all over, and it's just a ripple effect, right? So he he also he commits to transparent communication throughout the process because it's a long, perhaps painful. Of course, it's painful, and uh, you know uh, what do you call it? Very challenging to a lot of people because a lot of people are, uh, you know, this is their work, this is their bread and butter, and then you know, is that what's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to me? You know, I'm sure that every un- 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 uncertainties is going to spell that way. You know, like I said, I mean, I've been in the. In the shoes of having the opportunity and being grateful, by the way, until today, where I can see all of this anxiety, where I can feel the anxiety from the, the, the people on the bottom, let's say, you know, the employees are actually doing the work, the hard work that shows up every single day, you know, making, they're all scared, right, to the, to the top where the, the C level suites, you know, just meetings like, oh, what are we gonna do next? And their focus is on the numbers. Right? It's like, you know, they can chop chop heads anytime, anywhere, any 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 department. So anyway, you know you know how this goes because we are experiencing around the world since pandemic, right? After pandemic is horrible. It's still going on right now. Massive layout and layoff and everything. So by holding regular Q and A sessions, I think it's a must, and providing emotional support. So this guy Alex helps his team navigate the change more confidently, and maintaining morale and productivity. What does that show you that he's he cares? He's 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 the leader who cares for his employees. He's a leader who 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 wants to hear what's you how are you feeling? What's your feedback? Let's find solutions together, you know that that's the empathy. So I think I think you know leading the teams, feeling through the uncertainties, through the challenges together. I think is the key. So all right, uh, the next one is motivating a uh, diverse team. I, I love this. I mean, I, this is a great example. All right, let's 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 pick a um, a girl again. Okay, we're just going back and forth here, yeah, you know, with the with, with the, uh, the leader before emotional intelligence, Lisa, she's a sales manager. Uh, she used this one size fits all approach to motivate her team and focusing solely on sales targets and bonuses. That's it. I mean, she, she just numbers, you know, like, okay, this is one size fits all. I, I am a sales manager. Um, you know, I'm focusing on just the targets and the bonuses. How many of you know that kind of sales, right? So numbers. (laughs) This method worked for some, but perhaps other people are going like, oh no, you know, everybody else is feeling undervalued, disengaged, and, you know, can get run over by the bus, (laughs) under the bus and put them like, you know, you're, your opinion doesn't mean anything. Your perspective doesn't mean anything. You know, your feedback doesn't mean anything. So anyway, let's go back to the after. Let's go forward with the after emotional intelligence. Recognizing the diversity within her team, she adapts her approach. So she spends more time understanding each team member's motivations and career goals. Okay? So she starts offering these personalized incentives and then also personalized growth opportunities. That's what the EP, you know, employee performance, you know, meetings one-on-one with your boss, right? Especially in the in the in that kind of sales environment. I mean, it's very uh, nerve-wracking. I think it's just so much stress. Um, but the strategy not only boosts sales performance, but also increases job satisfaction and loyalty among her team. I think this is very so important. I'm going to get back to, um, you know, each one of these uh, examples. I think it's it's, it's a must that we can dissect it and elaborate more into details because I think all of us can learn from each one of these uh, leadership style, leadership role, how they, uh, you know, how to navigate it, you know, navigating their own um, uh, practices, but then, you know, they want to improve and increase, the morale, and then, you know, in, increase that boost, boost the morale, and then the productivity within their own team environment. I think these examples also showcase the transformative impact of, of of that, of course, the EI in leadership, the emotional intelligence in leadership, uh, improving that area by recognizing their emotions, leaders, leaders really can shift from being reactive to proactive management, creating that you know, positive work environment uh, truly nurtures growth, innovation, and importantly, resilience. So, some of these examples, um, like I said, I I I will share some of this again with you guys, you know, managing stress before deadlines and handling team conflicts and communicating during organizational changes. I I, I like that the most and motivating a diverse team. I like that the most too. I think I like them all, but if you're listening to this or reading this, please, please, please leave me your feedback or your comments. I'd love to hear from you. Hope all we can learn this together. Uh, it is important that we are, um, after all, These are experiences and challenges time uh, that we're in, challenging times that we're in very uh, is gold for us, right? That this is where the growth really exists, that we can take this and run with it and take us to elevate to the next level where we want to be as a leader in our lives. But guys, thank you so much for listening. And we're going to go to uh, the next one segment, uh, Leadership Navigating Through Styles and Effectiveness. All right, so let's talk about the next one here. We're just gonna be diving into this next segment: leadership navigating through styles and effectiveness. I, I believe you guys, we've been, you know, sharing thoughts regarding this, the uh, the differences of, you know, effective leadership. I think I made a lot of podcasts too. Um, uh, during uh, since since pandemic started, I think I, it was really really wonderful to see all of you um, to be able to share your thoughts with me regarding this leadership uh, styles. And uh, I wanna I wanna just insert this include this into this podcast because I think it's very uh, uh, timely. Uh, leadership is a multifaceted discipline that 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 really encompasses various styles. I we all agree on this. Uh, Each of the style has its its own strengths and weaknesses, right? Effective leadership, so I can can say this undeniably, is is not a one-size-fits-all. So it varies depending on the organization cultures. It varies on your team dynamics and the challenges that we're facing, especially during crisis, like what we are doing right now, what we're going through right now. Right? This, this, this. Really, what I'm I'm saying here that we're exploring different leadership styles, and I want to share with you uh, some of the different, you know, styles in leadership highlighting those particularly effective in general and in crisis situations and underscores the importance of what we're talking about here, emotional intelligence and leadership, basically. Okay, so we can start with leadership style, autocratic leadership. Oh gosh, this is just, they're making decisions unilaterally without really any input whatsoever. (laughs) <laughs> from anybody. We, we were just talking about this, right? A while ago. Without much input from team members, without much input from, you know, their own even colleagues, right? Uh, it's just like, okay, it's what, this is what I say, this is what I think, this is what... This style can be efficient when quick decisions are needed, but it may stifle creativity and reduce uh, that employee satisfaction. Democratic leaders in contracts seek input from team members and consider their opinions before making decisions. So this approach nurtures a sense of collaboration and also ownership among team members, but can slow down decision-making processes. The next one is transformational leadership. Now, transformational leaders inspire and motivate their teams to exceed their expectations by focusing on transformative changes and leadership development within their teams. These, these are often your visionary, charismatic, and effective at driving significant organizational change. The next type of leadership is transactional. Transactional leadership is based on a system of rewards and penalties. It is effective for routine tasks and because it's clear structures, right, may, but may not encourage innovation or any personal development among team members. That's your transactional leadership. The next one is my favorite, servant leadership. Servant leaders prioritize the needs of their team members and help them perform as highly as possible. So this leadership style can lead to high morale and engagement, but might not suitable environments for a strong direction is needed. The next one is also my favorite, situational leadership. Situational leaders adjust their style according to the situation circumstances and the development level of their team members. That's why they call it situational. They are very flexible, responsive, and highly effective in managing diverse teams and diverse task assignments. All right, I'm going to pause that and I'm certain there's uh, quite many out there still styles of leadership, but those are the ones that I want to share with you guys. Um, I want to digest on each of this, that certain leadership styles um, stand out for their ability to get things done effectively, effective leadership in crisis situation, handling it through the crisis so let's, let's jump into each one of that, the ones that I mentioned earlier, how each of the leadership handling chaos, crisis. Okay. Let's start with transformational leadership. Transformational leaders can be particularly effective in crisis. Why? Due to their ability to inspire and rally their team towards a common vision, even in the face of challenges. I think that that, that speaks loud. Transformational leaders. That's why it's, it's good being a transformational leader, uh, especially, you know, during crisis, it can be very effective. Situational leadership, one of my favorites, is why can they be effective during the crisis? Because it's the flexibility of situational leader, leadership becomes really that significant asset, Significant asset in crisis situations because allowing leaders to adapt their approach based on these evolving circumstances, situations, and the team, what they need. The next one is autocratic leadership. Uh, in the immediate response phase of a crisis, this, this autocratic approach can be beneficial for making that quick decisions on establishing order, Right provided it transitions to a more inclusive style as the circumstances or situations stabilize. I think it's, um, that makes sense, right? Um, all right, so I think I'm going to leave it there because there are many other, but I want to go back to our core content, content of this particular episode because we're talking about emotional and emotional intelligence, the role of that, the role of emotional and emotional intelligence. Leaders with high emotional intelligence, EI, are adept at recognizing and managing their own emotions and understanding, therefore influencing the emotions of others. So this EI, I call it just EI, emotional intelligence, it is pretty critical across all the leadership styles, especially the ones that I've, you know, mentioned. I'm sure there are many other, more than in addition to what I just mentioned and shared with you guys earlier, the uh, the styles of leaderships. But this this EI is critical across all the leadership styles. Who can manage uh, be, becomes even more crucial during the crisis, right? But leaders who can manage stress. Communicate effectively, and make empathetic decisions. Can maintain this team morale is so crucial, and I see this all the time during restructuring, organizational changes, and organizational restructuring, downsizing, and all of this stuff. Massive layoff. Um, this just maintain team morale, and then nurturing that important ingredient of of team success of organizational success which is resilience right and navigating it through challenging times rather successfully so emotionally intelligent leaders are also better equipped to handle the complexities of human dynamics within their teams such as managing conflicts um you know this have to overcome and have to master this resolution conflicts. Um, motivating team members and creating this inclusive environment that values each in- individual's contribution is so key that you got you cannot omit or you cannot just single people out, single one out out of out of the team members. Um, after all, they do contribute, right? They are contributing hopefully they are <laughs> they are contributing to your you know to your goal to your department goals your organizational goal right to your company's goal making it so you know emotionally intelligent leaders are also better equipped to handle the complexities It is so complex the human dynamics the uh, the personality the character dynamics within your team um, you know, how to managing conflicts uh, and finding solutions and motivating them, inspiring them, right, to positive environment, to positive, you know, culture uh, in your organization and creating that inclusive environment and maintaining that culture that values each individual's contribution. I think that's, that's really a plus. Um, all right. So effective leadership is dynamic and responsive adapting to the needs of the team and the demands of, of the situation, of any situation. So we, we, we just digest that. We just dissect <laughs> dissect that that you know you, you gotta have to be a bulletproof, have bulletproof mindset basically. While certain leadership styles may be more generally effective, the ultimate measure of a leader's success is really truly the ability to navigate through change and that AQ adaptability quotient, right? Uh, and then the ability to inspire your team and achieve desired outcomes, results, especially in times of crisis. So emotional intelligence emerges as a critical competency, competency that in, 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 in enhances a leader's ability to connect with others, make um, informed choices, more uh, decisions, and leading with empathy and integrity. So in the quest for leadership excellence, cultivating the EI, cultivating the emotional intelligence alongside, uh, mastering the various leadership styles can empower leaders such as yourself to achieve remarkable results. I believe that's that's really a profound thing. Um, so cultivating the EI with all of the things that you already have is really, you know, that's the, 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 the meat, you know, that, that can empower leaders such as yourself while you're creating other leaders alongside and to achieve all these remarkable outcomes and results. All right, so I want to just speak my mind about situational leadership And I know you guys, um, some of you said, well, yeah, you wrote a book about it. I did. I did. I wrote an e-book about this situational leadership. Uh, It is already available uh, on Amazon. I published it last year, I think in 2023, and I'm I'm still reading it again. I know that I want to publish a second one. Addition to this situational leadership, but please grab a copy. Uh, it is on the ebook format, I believe, or is it in the in the soft cover? I'm not quite sure. I mean, there's quite a few that I, I published so far in the leadership um, library. So, um, yeah, go ahead and and then check it out, guys. Situational leadership, okay, becomes a, becomes really critical, becomes really crucial during crisis. Why? Because it equips us leaders to quickly adjust um, our management style to, to, to making these quick decisions, right? To the fast-changing situations, circumstances, and also needs. So in, in, in such uncertain times, challenging times, chaotic, people are, you know, your employees are not certain what's going to happen to them. And, you know, immediately they're thinking about their families and everything, right? And then they're, they're thinking like, what what's going to happen to me? You know, I mean, this is just a human thing. Um, Being able to read the room, right? And feeling that temperature, understanding what your team needs, and shifting your leadership approach to match, that's a game changer. So this adaptability, AQ, call it, allows, you know, leaders such as yourself, right, right? to provide exactly the right kind of support, the right kind of guidance and motivation when standard methods may not be effective. And you you, you got to have to read the room. You got to have to, you know, feel the temperature, what, 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 you know, what your employees and staff and your team members are, are really feeling, are really, you got to be able to read that and understanding what they need and then be able to shift that. You shift your approach to match what is currently happening, right? That can be a game changer. That's what I'm saying. So by being flexible, by being responsive with emotion, <laughs> remember that. <laughs> but it, it, it is, a, is, a, is a controlled emotion, right? Is a calculated. Leaders such as yourself can tackle immediate issues, keep, keep keeping the team together basically, right? Hey, the boat is rocking, but no one's going to go overboard, by the way. And then basically lead the organization toward recovery and stability. And this is so important. You know, prioritize that. Everything else can wait. Lead the organization, lead your organization towards recovery and towards stability. You know, the quicker that you can recover, the quicker, the quicker that you can recover, and then also put that stability, stability back into your room, into your organization, into your, into your company, into your team, you know. Um that, that's the key. So my book on situational leadership was published in 2023, like I said, it highlights this essential skill, situational leadership skill. And it offers, you know, leaders insights and tools and all of that gems and good stuff for leading effectively through crisis by being adaptable and by being resilient, and ensuring that, you know, we can face challenges head-on and guide our teams through turbulent times. That's what this book is all about. about. So, situational leadership becomes crucial during crisis because it equips leaders to quickly adjust uh, our management style to this really rapid changing situations and needs and all of this really kind of like uh, exciting times, right? Um, you know, if you're working under stress, you're working better under stress and give positive results. And then, you know, more power on you, uh, to you. So, um, it, it really the ability to read the room, feeling the temperature. What, what does everybody need? You know, understanding all of this and shifting it. Shifting your approach to match, you know, what's going on, what current situation, that is a game changer for you. So hopefully that helps. And then I'm going to take a pause a little bit here because um, I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear your you know, your comment on this. uh, I think it's important. So please, please, please do leave me a comment. If you're listening on iHeart or on Spotify or anywhere on podcasts, please do on YouTube even. Uh, If you're listening or reading this on my newsletter or uh, reading a post regarding this on my LinkedIn, please leave me your feedback. I would love to hear yours. Okay. So, Back at this again, being emotional, possessing emotional intelligence are really distinct concepts that pertain to our understanding and management of emotions, being able to master that. So here's a quick overview, and I'm going to really, um, you know, I know that I, I, was, I was going back again to the emotional intelligence and giving you some, some um, perspective, some, some examples also. But here's an overview. To elucidate the differences being emotional and then you know owning that EI and mastering that right so being emotional being emotional refers to the experiences um, of experience of emotion I call it right refers to the experience expression of emotion it involves how strongly one feels emotion and how visibly one expresses them. Like being outspoken, let's say, is one of them, right? Individual are considered emotional and may experience emotion deeply, uh, like sadness, joy, anger, fear, or fear, and may express this emotion in a very, very outspoken way and a noticeable manner. Being emotional is enough, or typing the text back, so with caps. <laughs> being emotional. It's like, are you, are you okay? <laughs> like, oh, I forgot not to put the caps you know, after you sent it out. It's like, oh, okay. Oops. <laughs> no, but being emotional, you know, I I think, you know, texting back people or sending impolite, I don't want to say rude, but impolite, uh, expressing your emotions, stressing your anger, expressing your just, just, just angry, you know, and, um, and then, of course, to respond to that by the, other, by the other side, it's like, oh, you're being emotional, and then people call it this days, oh, you're gaslighting me, so back and forth, back and forth, like, okay, <laughs> so being emotional is really a natural part of the human experience, reflecting a person's sensitivity to their environment or internal thoughts and feelings, but what we're saying, we've been saying on this episode is like, master that emotional intelligence. That's a game changer there. So the second part of this is emotional intelligence. So on the other hand, is the ability to recognizing, to understanding, managing, and reasoning with your emotion, both in ourselves and in others. So you you suddenly say, okay, uh, I shouldn't probably do the text and caps. Like, No, you shouldn't. (laughs) Because that's going to send the wrong message to the other side, right? Um, but but, but emotional intelligence encompasses these several key skills and in, incorporate some this, of these this, um, this key skills. Like I said, many times, uh, overcome it and then master your self-awareness and self-regulation. right? So I'm gonna go to self-awareness. It's recognizing one's own emotion and also the impact on thoughts and your behavior. That's a self-awareness. Self-regulation is managing one's emotion appropriately, adapting to changing environment or changing circumstances, and restraining those impulses. So, you know, a lot of times you see people cannot stop, you know, cannot just go on and on getting mad, on and on just throwing rats, and you go like, oh. Okay, I didn't do anything wrong, but why is it? Some people cannot, cannot control their own emotion, cannot control. So self-regulation, if you can master that, that, that's key. Social awareness, understanding the emotions of other people and developing that empathy and recognizing and responding to social cues, right? So the next one here, relationship management. This is a big portion, also utilizing your emotional awareness to maintain healthy relationships, communicate effectively, influence others, and resolve conflict. Conflicts. So the key differences here between the two, because that's what we're talking about here in this episode, right? Um, being emotional versus you know emotional intelligence is nature versus skill. Being emotional is a natural aspect of one personality and, you know, someone's personality and emotional state. However, emotional intelligence is a set of skills that can be developed and improved over time with practice and with good intention. I'm going to repeat that again. Emotional intelligence is a set of skills that can be developed and improved over time with practice and good intention. Expression versus management. Being emotional uh, focuses on the expression of emotion. Emotional intelligence, however, involves a deeper understanding and management of those emotions, both in oneself and in others. Next one is impact. While being highly emotional can sometimes interfere. With decision making and relationships, due to do, like I said, right? right I mean, they cannot stop. They just on and on and on and on. Due to the intensity of emotion experience, high emotional intelligence can enhance decision making. You know, being calm, being calculated. You know, tactically, tactical, strategic. This improves relationships and lead to a better personal and professional outcomes. Believe me coming from experience. So in essence, while being emotional relates to how we experience and express our feelings, emotional intelligence is about is truly, truly, truly about this. It's about how we understand. is about how we manage and use those feelings constructively. I like that word, constructively. So both play certainly both play significant roles in our lives, right? We, we, we sometimes kind of hinder from this. But emotional intelligence offers tools for navigating our emotional landscapes more effectively and leading to improved well-being and success in various aspects in our lives. Alright, it's time for us also to drop me that comment, drop me your feedback, um, because those are just gems, those are just precious, those are gold for me, I would love to hear where you're also listening from, which country, and if you are enjoying this, give me a thumbs up and like it, and you know subscribe also to my iHeart, or also if you are on, on LinkedIn, please do connect with me there, again, on LinkedIn please do connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to see you there. Connect with me in the community. We have a great community on LinkedIn. There's also, uh, what do you call this? There's also a um, um, newsletter there. It's called Pulse, I believe. So I want to just pause a little bit on that note because I think that's a lot of things to that we covered already. Um, but Here's a, 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 a bold statement, proclamation that I want to mention on my, um, here in my um, podcast. So in summary, to sort of uh, answer the question or rather point out, you know, uh, my findings and also my three cents, rather. The perception of being emotional as a sign of weakness is a common misconception, particularly in the context of leadership, because I have already provided and shared with you, um, you know, some of the examples, some of this uh, really preview of um, uh, examples, really, on on the workplace and what I've seen, what I've experienced. Emotions themselves... Um, emotions themselves are neither a sign of weakness nor strength. They are the basic fundamental aspect of the human experience. After all, we're all human, not robots. The key distinction lies in how emotions, our emotions are managed and how our emotions are expressed rather than the mere fact of experiencing them. I'm going to and leave it there so whoever that's listening suggested that being emotional is a sign of weakness i'm saying no on this episode of my podcast so hopefully you're listening and i would love to hear from you who suggested that and uh you know uh, let us know how you feel uh, your feedback basically so i'm I'm gonna like uh, cover a couple of areas as I promised in this, especially about the culture uh, differences and you know how we practice, how we apply our leadership um, roles into this. And I'm saying leaders create leaders; leaders d- don't create followers. And I think I think that speaks loud as a leader. And then I'll also present leadership styles, differences of. And also show you and share with you some of the examples at a workplace how being emotional versus practicing and mastering uh, overcoming those situations at workplace and mastering your emotional intelligence can really um, key to balancing um, those kind of situations. Right? Is 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 really the emotional stability? Uh, balancing being emotionally expressive and maintaining the emotional stability uh, to make objective decision. Uh, so being overly emotional in a situation requiring calm and being rational, being logical, uh, making that decision can be seen as a weakness, yes, but, you know, it is more about appropriateness of emotional expression rather than the experience of emotion itself. So that's that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tying it up in a bow. And saying, hopefully, all of these things that I've already shared in this episode can be um, useful to those who are um, really in the same level or same. So being emotional is not inherently a sign of weakness in leadership, rather, rather the ability to manage. And also to leverage emotions constructively is a sign of emotional intelligence, which is a strength, which is a power, superpower. So emotional intelligence enables leaders such as yourself, such as myself, to connect with others, inspire and motivate teams, and navigate the complexities of these human dynamics we have rather effectively. The challenge and skill, um, it, it, it really lies in managing emotions you know, uh, mastering these emotions that we have in a way that is appropriate to the contacts and conducive to achieving both of our personal and organizational goals. I hope that helps, guys, because, you know, the more that i really presenting this to you, um, the more that, you know, is so profound. And we all need this self-reminder and self-notes many times, right? Uh, more than many, sometimes because we we can get diluted or we can get really lost uh, in the path or in the roadmap to sustainable leadership, <laughs> and um, and we 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 wanted we wanted to have that self reminder. How about that? So I also want to touch on um, in 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 how leaders use this negative reinforcement, because I think it's a need right now to be reminded as well. Um, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, layoffs. I'm seeing a lot of massive, massive layoffs. Um, incredibly numbers of from, you know, the big, you know, Fortune 500s, uh, especially after pandemic. Uh, it seems like it's becoming a trend, right? I mean, you know, agree with me on that one, right? I'm... Um, and, and I, I haven't seen this since the 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 80s, the 90s, early 90s, when we experienced a lot of that. But not massive layoff layoff uh, from Fortune 500. So uh, I hope it's not going to be trend uh, anymore moving forward. But we 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 want to stay connected. Obviously, that's why I created this Leadership 365 Forum community. Um, I I just want to be able to share my thoughts and share my experiences with you all and hopefully it resonates, you know, becoming effective. It, it, effective leadership is dynamic and responsive, adapting to the needs of our team and all of these demands of you know given situation. And I think I think that that's where the adaptability, the emotional intelligence, you know, emerging as a critical competency, um, you know, for us to the ability for us to connect, right? The ability for us to connect. Um, with others and make these informed decisions and, and be able to lead with empathy and integrity. I think in the quest for leadership excellence, cultivating, cultivating this emotional intelligence um, alongside mastering the various leadership styles, like what we mentioned earlier, can can really truly empower leaders to achieve all of this really really re- remarkable results, remarkable outcomes, um, the way that we want with a common goal with other people to have a successful business. You know, that that is the goal. And successful us, you know, as a person, as a human being. I'm going to take a pause and... Be right back. All right, I'm back. Let's talk about leaders who use bully you know, methods <laughs> and other negative practices that are major contributors to the toxic result to a high turnover in any working environment, right? In any situation rather too. Um, I want to include that. I mean, we cannot talk about just, you know, all of these things, but not uh, pointing out. Uh, some of the uh, the symptoms right um, and we can learn from it too as well. a leader who resorts to bullying and controlling behavior towards their team uh, is engaging in detrimental leadership practices yeah i've seen it all over the place i've seen this and I can sense it from far i can I can read their moves I can you know i if you're be able to read that I think that's more power to you by the way um and then there's this we cannot make them absent, by the way, right? Because when when we can help these individuals or leaders, um, we, it, it's, it's, it's a rewarding feeling too. And then there's a lot of room to, to improve and to grow. And I think we're in this together. So when we see one, you know, I think it's important to point it out. And then hopefully any of you who are experiencing this kind of thing and then remove your ego. um, I think that's a very major stumbling block, by the way. Um, And then just, you know, lead with humility and humble yourself. I think there's a lot more, you'll be surprised, there's a lot more light when you open up that door to the roadmap to success and sustainability sustainability, I should say, to success, how you want your organization to, uh, you know, to run, basically, because this is so important. A leader who resorts to bullying and controlling behavior towards anyone, really any human being is really a detrimental, um, it's, it's toxic, we call it. This approach contradicts the principles of effective and ethical leadership, no matter who you are, what you are, what position title that you're 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 at right now in your corporate world or your business, your organization, you gotta have to remove that ego. Which are based this effective and ethical leadership are based on respect, empowerment, and positive influence. Because if you don't have any of that, it's just is just not going to work. Bullying and controlling behaviors can manifest in so many various ways. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share really briefly on this uh, and have significant negative impacts on both individuals and it will ripple effect to the organization, your organization as a whole. So some of the characteristics of bullying and controlling leadership, by the way, on a side note, um, I know some of you asked me to kind of cover this, this very topic. Um, I will, I think I will cover this on separate episode because I think it's, it's, it's worth of mentioning it. It's worth of pointing it out and sharing it and some of the examples, some of the things that we have experienced ourselves um, and then, you know, perhaps can help. Other people who are experiencing and then you know we come out successfully out of this this ruts this circumstances situations, and hopefully there are some common denominators that we can share together and we can um you know um uh find solutions together collectively so one of the first characteristic of bullying and controlling leadership i I see this intimidation intimidation it's It's kind of common, I think, right? And we can see it. We can smell it from afar. Using fear. Using fear to motivate your employees, such as threatening job security, such as imposing unrealistic deadlines, um, such as, you know, gaslighting, such as, oh God, there's a lot of whole conversation, you guys, uh, that I'm thinking about it, Um, such as gaslighting, shut down their feelings, shut down their values, and just you know, can create a toxic work environment. And this can relate also into your personal home life, by the way. It it is so very true what I just said. So intimidation is one of the characteristics of a bullying leader. Uh, Micromanagement. I hear this all the time. Micromanagement, of course. Excessively controlling. Controlling, like OCD, right? A person who has this OCD maniac. Every aspect of employees' work. Or maybe even a quad of espresso in the morning. <laughs> Too much coffee. <laughs> Under, that doesn't help. Undermining their ability to make decisions and stifling creativity and uh, autonomy, basically. I mean, it's just like micromanage everything. It's like who wants a leader who's going to breathe in your no- neck uh, as soon as you walk into a workplace? And nobody does. Would you? I don't think so. The answer we already know is no. So stop micromanage people. At home, at your workplace. Because it does come from you. It is your character. So excessively controlling everything. Uh, nobody wants that. The third one is very, very common. And, you know, I think park your ego somewhere else. Verbal abuse. People with this, leader with this, rather, um, you can see from far away. You can feel the energy which is toxic. And you just wait until it bursts out and then it's like, okay. This is a regular criticizing or belittling employees in private or public settings, also at home. When you have this characteristic, please work on yourself. This is start by working on yourself, which can erode self-esteem and job satisfaction. This is one of... The fastest way of high turnover of your employees in your organization or your team members as well they're going to leave you why stay here? <laughs> there are better you know places to go to and that's a turnover high turnover all right the next one is manipulation manipulation is so so common again you can feel it you can see it from far away you can detect it if you have that power. You know, of course, we all follow our gut, and you can feel it in your gut. It's like, yep, this is manipulation. Using your deceit or coercion to influence employees' action or decision for the leader's personal gain. That is not good, by the way. Rather than just a collective good, collectively. Uh, using, you know, this is all using just just deceit. You, you know, using manipulation to influence other people. And that's not good. And just for your personal gain. And then you're being dishonest. You're not being transparent. That's manipulation. You're not being transparent. You're not being dis- You're not being honest. But then you're being double standard. You say, oh, yeah, we want to be sta- uh, transparent. We want to be this. We want to be that. But you're not doing it yourself as a leader. That's not good. That's manipulation. So this is not good. Park it somewhere else or just destroy it. <laughs> Don't be manipulated. <laughs> Exclusion. De- deliberately, that's it. We talk about it before, right? Isolating people. Isolating certain employees from communication, meetings, or decision-making possesses a form of punishment or control. I, I, I see this. Ah, yes. I see this. It's like a punishing. You know, we don't live in 1900s anymore. This is 2024. We don't do that thing. And people with, with anything, I mean it's common sense by the way and as a leader with, with, with extra power, extra you know gut feelings and follow that by the way you can see when people are doing this exclusion stuff you you deliberately isolating certain employees so somebody finally someone in your family started to speak up and then you don't like what she has to say because it speaks truth and then you just isolate her from communication from meetings, from any decision making that is ma- making process a- a- as a form of, of like control, as a form of punishment. This is so big, guys. This is so big. So yeah, nobody talks about that part. I'd love to have an episode talking just that. So the impact of bullying and controlling leadership some of these things impact, right? Um, I think we're already aware of that. Decreased morale, decreased productivity. So such leadership styles can lead to a demotivated workforce. Like, oh, what the heck, you know, I'm leaving this chat. I'm leaving this group. I'm leaving this, this forum. I'm, I'm going to, with employees, I'm leaving, leaving this job. I can find another job that's going to, like, you know, uh, respect me. Uh, I'm leaving this job, I you know to a company who's going to see my value, you know, in a relationship, I'm leaving you because I can find somebody who can see my value and worth. (laughs) So yeah, it is a lower productivity and higher turnover (coughs) rates. I like using, this is both using um, professional and also personal, (coughs) personal examples. So this also leads to increased stress and health issues. What do you know, right? Employees subjected to bullying and controlling behaviors may increase heightened stress, anxiety, and other health issues. Like me, I don't know about you, but like me, uh, lately, especially since pandemic and the last two, three years after pandemic, I've gone through a lot of health issues and I've also faced some losses and deaths in my family. And then just recently, my mom, I just lost my mom. And, uh, you know, dealing with my health issues shortly after my mom. I mean, before my mom died, passed away. And, you know, just, God, that's beyond. I I think that's going to be a conversation in another day (laughs) because there's a lot of things that I struggle with uh, in the background, a lot of struggles in the background. And the last thing that I want is a stress that somebody else created for me, and anxiety. So I've been really protecting my peace. I've chose to protect my peace. I've chosen to, um, I know that I, you know, <laughs> no medical anything, you know, no prescriptions or anything like that. If any of you are interested in, you know, asking me, like, are you on prescription? Because some of my family asked me that. It's like, no, no, no. I dealt with it through faith. I've dealt, I'm dealing with it through a lot of faith, through uh, going to the gym daily, taking care of my health, taking control of my, my, my health, basically, my well-being. And I think that's a superpower, by the way. And I, We can we can talk about this if you want, um, have like a live and taking some Q&A kind of thing. I, I would love to, by the way. But going back to this increased stress and health issues in the workplace, I, I want to just relate it and resonate it with what I'm going through. In a workplace, in my team, as, 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 as similarly, equally important, what I'm dealing it with, uh, some of the background that I'm dealing in my personal life, personal world, you know, with my family issues and things like that. But relationships too, by the way. So employees subjected to bullying and controlling behaviors may increase this heightened uh, stress, anxiety, and it's not good. So the next one is erosion of trust and team cohesion. Bullying erodes trust between leaders and their team members as well as among colleagues and undermining team cohesion and collaboration. This is important. And yes, trust building, team building, and you know all of these things are so equally critical when you want a success, uh, business successful organization. And then there is a legal and reputational risk, obviously and I have to insert that too here, organizations with leaders who engage in bullying, guess what? They may face legal challenges, such as lawsuits related to workplace harassment or toxic environment, discrimination, all of that, and those that suffer reputational damage. Okay, so that's not good. Some of the... uh, Example of negative outcomes. I don't know if I want to go ahead and share this and really, really quickly. Uh, cases of high turnover department. Uh, we already know that the, the turnover department is probably going to be expected than anything, right? Uh, as a result of bullying leaders, uh, department with a bullying manager turnover rate might significantly exceed the organization. You know, the whole organizational uh, average. So employee may, like I mentioned, may frequently exit due to the hostile work environment, leading to continuous hiring, recruitment, all of this great stuff. Um, And then there's our training costs involved, lost productivity and diminished morale among among all of the remaining staff that brave enough to stay, right? And then that's going to be word of mouth of reputation. So that's not good. Project failure to do do because of the micromanagement. A leader who micromanages every detail of a project may stifle uh, creativity and innovation leading to a lackluster outcome. Um, I just had a conversation with my son, who's going through right now, with that micromanaging manager, they're under a lot of pressure too, right? I think the, the, the best that we can do at the receiving end after they... You know, spill out and scream their wraths and everything like that. And it's like you're not good. You're not. You're not worth it. But still, do the work. In fact, do four people work. <laughs> but then you're not good. You're not gonna get anything and all of this stuff. So, uh, and then breathing in your neck as you come in uh, from six o'clock a.m. to eight p.m. And then still micromanaging you. So. These team members might feel disempowered and less invested in project success, resulting in missed deadline, which is not 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 really true in my son's situation. But subpar work, uh, or I just outright project failure, and then they have to hire and then do all over again if he or she, you know, decides to leave the company. Um, being a bigger person and then, you know, looking back, it's like, okay, they're going to do training costs again, all over again. So it's not good, guys. So bullying and controlling leadership are not characteristic of a good leadership of any kind, period, done, full stop. Good leadership is characterized by empathy, integrity, transparency, transparency, guys, Uh, and then also the ability to inspire and motivate through positive reinforcement and empowerment. Effective leadership As we mentioned over and over again, uh, we build trust, we build trust, we build respect, we encourage open communication, we nurture a culture of collaboration and innovation. Organizations should strive to cultivate this kind of leadership and also cultivate leadership development programs that will emphasize EI, emotional intelligence, I suggest, and ethical behavior. And also constructive management styles to promote, to continue promote a healthy, productive work environment. I think I cannot say more than enough. Connect as a human being because we're all humans afterwards. We're not robots. If you want to expect, uh, you know, this, this kind of thing from other people, you got to have to put yourself in their shoes as well. So I think the essence of transformative leadership and bringing people unite together uh, is your ability to bring people together, to creating other leaders instead of just following you, uh, harnessing the collective strength fund in unity after all, diversity and shared purpose. Um, You know, we're all about prioritizing, we're all about prioritizing this, um, Prioritizing the cohesion and inclusivity, um, this always really uh, resonate deeply with me. Uh, it embodies the conviction that true potential of an organization really unfolding when every member feels valued, when every everyone that contributes that shared your your mission and goals, they they all feel understood and connected to all this common goal together. So I think I think. Uh, you know embracing diversity is also a strength. I firmly believe that diversity is not just a metric to be achieved like you know okay we we have diversity here e e o o e e you know like in every organization and have to fulfill that it, it 's not that it, it's, it's, it''s a dynamic force that, that 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 we are supposed to enrich in every aspect in our um, in any any organizational life. Leaders who embrace and celebrate the the, the, the varied backgrounds. Um, even different cultures, different languages, different perspectives and talents and skills of, of their own team, uh, not only to nurture the culture of acceptance, right, but, but, but also to embrace these things, uh, dynamics, um, and respect, um, you know, respect the team, respect everybody. Also unlocking the doors to unparalleled. Innovation and creativity. And I, I think I keep saying those two words, innovation and creativity, because it is. People don't want to be shut down. People don't want to be gaslighted. People don't want to be, um, you, know, you know, like, like um, yeah, shut down, basically gaslighted. I mean, that's what it is, right? Um, they want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to be valued in that organization. So for me, diversity is a wellspring of ingenuity that propels all of us forward, so I think, I think effective communication is a must, right? And everything else, um, you know, transparent communication in my experience is, is really truly uh, the bedrock of trust and unity. Leaders who share openly, you know, such as myself. I mean, I openly share my vision. I openly share my mission. I mean, it's on the website, we talk about it, and then we always we always say, okay, you know, allowing people bottoms up, basically from the bottom, especially, I mean, you know, the employees to actually do the work, the consultants that actually do their work, you know, uh, those are the moving parts in your organization, you know, without those moving parts, you, you can't, it's not functioning, it's not, it doesn't work. So, we share openly about our mission, and then, in fact, we Always say, hey, you know, um, you all can knock on my door. You all can, here's my cell phone number. We have an open-door policy. I think it's a must. I don't know how many organizations out there that have that open-door policy. Walk around your building. Walk around your, 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 you know, your uh, environment. Talk to them personally. Say hello to them. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Anything I can help? Is there anything that we can do to make your job better? To, you know... anything just talk about their family be human you know I think I suggest that I'm suggesting that because it does work far (laughs) just like when you go in the restaurant the the owner or the manager will come and sit down with you and say oh and then they remember your they will remember your orders next time you come in I think that's 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 like amazing so I think as a leader we all can be this way So leaders can share openly our vision, have an open-door policy. Anybody can talk to you freely um, with their feedback. Of course, you know, this is all being um, in a a more, you know, professional manner. Um, And then decision and the rationale behind them. Demystify the path forward, making it easier for everybody to walk it together, to hold hands together. You know, after all they spent most of their day, at your workplace, place. Well, now this case is virtual, hybrid, and all of that good stuff. But still, I mean, you know, the mentality of it. They spend a lot of time, um, more than they spend with their, you know, with their spouses at home, with their children at home. So this level of openness ensures that the team members feel and seen and heard integral to the journey ahead. You know, leading with empathy, with heart. To me, leading with empathy is more than just putting oneself in another's shoes. To me, it is about genuinely understanding and valuing the emotional experiences for others. Leaders who lead with empathy—I mean, a lot of people tell me that you're leading with heart, Nikki. Uh, more so, I agree. We can create environments where we can lead with empathy in our hearts. Create environments where individuals feel supported, feel belonging, and feel a knowledge that's so important for them. You know, they come into work, they just kind of like a busy robots, and you know, they have their managers barking orders to them, and then you are as a leader doing the same thing, if not more. I mean, you know, who wants to be working in that kind of environment? I don't. Do you? So this only bridges divides if you were to do so, right? This this not only bridges the divides, but also cultivates a sense of belonging um, and then community within the team, basically. So cultivating collaboration is what I've always seen collaboration. It, it's not just, you know, as working together, but as a symphony of diverse talents and skills and ideas, um, you know, that can bring all of us together, Uh, you know, there's, there is a, before I I, I move on, um, before I I continue on, I want to mention about, I think there's a quote or a mantra that I used to go by or a signature rather, a signature when I was a president for this women's group, almost a decade. Um, In it, I start, you know, sharing with my team uh, the mantra or the core signature of our of our, of our, you know, organization, of our group that time, right? Um, collaboration um, defeats competition because it's always like collaboration, not competition. Collaboration, blah blah, right? Collaboration, collaborate, not compete, or collaboration, not competition. So I put the cross off the uh, the knot and defeats because I think that speaks a little bit more bold (laughs) right Um, so leaders with um, you know who encourage this kind of environment the collaborative environments make it possible for you know for for this kind of um, networking the collaboration to flourish where every voice is therefore heard and everybody you know every everybody who contributes valued is in the settings that innovation truly sparks again innovation creativity because that's what we want at the, at the in our you know business and in our organization to continue for everybody to merge as as who they're supposed to you know as they are really you know we cannot we cannot just shut them down and gaslight them all the time Integrity and respect as the leadership pillars. For me, integrity and respect are non-negotiables. Leaders who embody these values set a standard of conduct that truly elevates the entire organization, not just, you know, humans, people, but also the entire organization as a whole, right? They create a space for mutual respect, mutual respect. It's not just one way, it's two- way street and ethical behaviors are the norms and paving the way for a truly unified team and this integrity and respect as leadership pillars are uh, you know really truly non-negotiable. I mean I, I really think that is key for leaders to continue our journeys to success, to you know bringing into successful team together and creating those leaders, you know. Reflecting on the impact of unity, from my perspective, the impact of leadership, the impact of leadership that emphasizes unity is profound. It leads to teams that are not only cohesive, more cohesive and more productive, but also more resilient whenever there is an a face of you know we're facing adversity employee engagement soars and the churn of talent diminishes you know everybody don't nobody wants to do their work right and nobody wants to be oh my skills are not being recognized not being valued so as people feel genuinely connected to their work and their colleagues this is so important all of this you know people are not feeling devalued, basically. That's not what you want. So moreover, cultures that champion diversity of thought is really a hotbed, is is really a great way for breakthrough ideas and solutions. I think that's where you want. That's what you want, right? To me, leadership is fundamentally about uniting people, about connecting the dots, connecting human to human, is about building bridges, embracing our differences and knowing, understanding our differences, our dynamics, um, and then moving forward together towards that shared vision, right? This approach not only drives organizational success, but also it nurtures a sense of community, a sense of belonging among our team members, among others around us. In a world often focused on what sets us apart, you know, competition, competition. Leadership focus, more focus on bringing us together to eliminate the path, the roadmap to a more inclusive and the sustainable future, I call it. Sustainable future. This is is harmony's future. So I think, you know, collaboration defeats competition. I think that's that's the that's the core thing uh I know I I I just kind of like pause a little bit here on my thought because it's like yeah it was it was a big thing when we um when I kind of shared that with my team they loved it right away so I used it on my podcast as well I think before Uh, I think it speaks really really volume all right guys uh we're wrapping it up and can you believe this time flies right not the guys I I covered too much (laughs) I think it could this could be like a three part episode uh, on leadership, but yeah, I just want to bring it all in together and you know kind of segues a little bit here and there, but I think it's all within the same context here. My final thoughts on this, you know I, you know I always love to include my final thoughts every episode in my podcast here, as we wrap up this discussion on the power of emotions and power of this you know emotional intelligence leadership, it is clear to me how crucial our feelings are in shaping the way we lead. Moving from just showing our emotions to really understanding and using them wisely isn't just about becoming better leaders ourselves, right? It's about getting to the heart. It's about getting to the heart of what it means to connect with others. Humans see humans after all. Letting our emotions show in our leadership isn't a sign of weakness. Again, letting our emotion, despite of what this person said to me, right? Letting our emotions show in our leadership isn't a sign of weakness. Instead, it's a strong statement about our ability to be real, our ability to lead with authenticity. So emotional intelligence with its emphasis on understanding ourselves And how we relate to others is is really key to navigating the complex world that we live in today, of leading people today. So this conversation has made it even more apparent to me, you know, the episode, the conversation, the discussion that we're having right now, is that the leaders who make the biggest impact are those who embrace both their heart and their mind. And they realize that leading isn't only about plans and objectives, flowcharts, spreadsheets, oh gosh, check your calendars and all of this stuff, but also making genuine connections. So by recognizing our emotions and learning how to manage them, we open the door to leading with more kindness, more resilience, and more effectiveness. And I going to say this too. In a world, in a society that we live in right now that often puts logic above all else, maybe not in some, we should remember that our capacity to feel deeply is what really brings us together. Yeah, that's true. Common sense is out of the window these days, right? But we need to reconnect that. It's, it's, it's our job as a leader, as effective leader, good leader that is, to do so with common sense. But I hope we can all lean into this blend of emotion and intelligence, not just our roles, Not just in our roles as leaders, but in our everyday lives and our personal lives as well. As we navigate the rich and complex world of these human connections. Alright guys, that's it for me. I am going to take a long break here and I hope that you enjoy. And uh, I hope you enjoy this really uh, particular episode here about emotional intelligence and being emotional. I think it, it was born out of a, someone's comment to me uh, a couple months ago while I was going through the death of my mom, the loss of my mom, and going through a couple other things too in, in the background. Uh, not being emotional, because being emotional is a sign of weakness in your leadership. uh, It's a sign of weakness, basically, not professional. And I just want to respond to her comment on that. So there it is. There's my episode. And yes, thank you so much for listening. And I want to hear from you. What is one thing you have learned so far recently? Uh, in your life, not just from this podcast, but also has had made positive impact on your life. Uh, you can connect with me on all of my social media platforms these days. Um, I'm I'm more on LinkedIn. Uh, regularly on LinkedIn, if you are there on LinkedIn, say hello to me, connect with me, continue to build meaningful community collectively together. Um, This is very unusual for me (laughs) to say that. But yeah, please, I would love to see you there. Connect with me. Uh, At Nikki Dare. It's always at Nikki Dare, except on uh, Twitter. It's at Nikki underscore Dare. Also, check out some of my published books on Amazon. Please do. Um, I have uh, quite a few published books on Amazon, and I'm working on some other new ones to continue you know, part two, part three kind of thing. Um, topics on leadership and topics on safety survival, topics on just uh, personal experiences and all of this stuff. Okay, guys, gotta go. This is Nikki Dare. Please subscribe uh, to my YouTube channel and you, if you do listen to iHeartRadio or podcast or Spotify, please subscribe to my channel and leave me some comments and feedback. Your feedback is truly really a gift to me. I really would love to to see your feedback and read your feedback. I do read it sometimes, you guys, all the time. I do read your feedback. just uh, um, That's it for me for tonight or for today. Espero que lo esté haciendo bien. Sape jumpa and selalu selamat, selamat, salam, sehat selalu. Hope you're doing well and staying well, always, always. And last thoughts, you guys. So I'm just gonna leave you with the last thoughts here. As we you know, wrap up this discussion, power, emotion, and emotional intelligence leadership, I'm reminded of the deep impact of our feelings have on our ability to lead with effectiveness and authenticity, moving from simply feeling our emotion to applying emotional intelligence is more than just a leadership skill. It is, in fact, I think, is a journey to understanding what it means to connect with others at the Basic level as a human, human to human. So, showing emotion leadership isn't a sign of weakness, once again. Instead, it is a mark of strength and the bravery to be true to ourselves, to be genuine while guiding others. Emotional intelligence, EI, with its emphasis on understanding both ourselves, that's important, and those around us, is very crucial for navigating these complexities of leadership today. The discussion today, so far here, has reinforced my belief and myself here to think that the most effective leaders are those who can blend. And it is an art, after all. Emotional. Openness with smart emotional management. They recognize the leading I should say, we recognize that leading is not only about plans and objectives, flowcharts, spreadsheets, PowerPoint (laughs) presentation that is about making genuine connection, guys. By acknowledging our emotion, leveraging our emotional smarts, we open the door to leading with greater empathy, resilience, and impact. In a world that sometimes puts logic above all else, let's, uh, you know, we can create, nurture this capacity for deep emotion, what truly binds us together, which is our human capabilities. I hope we all can embrace both our feelings and our emotional emotional intelligence, not just in leadership. In a world that sometimes puts logic above all else, develop our capacity for deep emotion, what truly binds us together. I hope that we can all. Here's some of the call to action. I'm going to share with you really quickly here. Embrace your emotional journey. Start by acknowledging your emotions. Get rid of that ego and the role they play, the role that play in your leadership. See them as a source of strength and a tool for connection. And cultivate your emotional intelligence, make commitment to develop your emotional intelligence, your EI. This could mean seeking out resources, attending workshops, you know, all of these things, right? Virtual, in person, or simply practicing mindfulness and reflection in your daily interaction. Um, and also, lead with empathy and authenticity. Use, use your understanding of emotions to nurture an environment of trust and openness in your team. Show empathy. Listen actively. Yes, listen actively. And be genuine in your interaction. And inspire others to follow suit. Share the insights you've gained about the importance of emotional expression and intelligence in leadership. Encourage others to explore and also embrace their emotional strengths. Never, never single people out. And also, don't guess slight. I always value them, I always understand them, and inspire. Reflect on your growth. Regularly take time to reflect on your journey. Uh, I do this regularly too. It's just a continuous improvement. Recognize your progress in integrating emotional expression and intelligence into your leadership style and consider how it has impacted your relationships and effectiveness. So let's not shy away from emotion but instead use them as a guiding force in our leadership. The journey towards this EI, the emotional intelligence is very rich with opportunities and a lot of a lot of room for personal and professional growth. So I dare you to lead with heart and mind united and watch as the world opens up in response to your authenticity, and courage. Stay in condition yellow, guys. Keep it real here. Join me again in my next Leadership 365. Stay well. Be kind. Practice kind always. Choose love. God bless. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And thank you for reading my article. God bless. We hope today's discussions have sparked a new perspective on how to navigate your leadership path with heart and wisdom leading with heart bringing wisdom in it remember the journey to becoming a more emotionally intelligent leader is continuous and many of you know that i'm huge in continuous improvement and this is filled with learning and growth keep leading boldly keep connecting deeply and until next time keep making a difference dare to live love lead fearlessly god bless nikki there
0: You have been listening to Nikki Dare's Radio, a podcast of sustainability with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's websites education.nickydare.com Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. Please visit her website nickydare.com All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagements please email us at education at dare.com join her next time living in purpose and passion our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host Nikki dare